What's up, guys? Here with you with SC Wonder Kid, episode 98. Here with my guy, Fredson. How are you? I am doing a whole lot better than Julian Nagelsmann right now. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think we walked into that. I think that was a little too easy. I, I guess mm. we should feel bad for the guy. Um, but that is all that is on my mind. I was absolutely, absolutely floored mm. that the Bayern management would actually have the brass ones to fire a guy uh, when he stepped away for one day of vacation. Um, but I, I'm ready. I, I mean, we had a whole week of international uh, games. We've got more ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, there's so much to talk about. Um, great week. Uh, and I am, I'm ready to get going, man. Episode 98 <laughs> of close to 100. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. And I was like you, <laughs> shocked with the Fabrizio Romano news about Thomas Tuchel becoming the new coach of Bayern Munich and the Julian Nagelsmann sacking. The Julian <laughs> Nagelsmann sacking is going to cost Bayern Munich 65 million in total. <laughs> These are the damaging costs in the club, and it's the risky timing. This is a bold decision before the matchup against Man City, and the problem was discipline issues. That's what the Bayern, mm. Bayern director said what, that happened with Julian Nagelsmann. I am very interested to see long-term the justification. But honestly, Thomas Tuchel was going to have an interview with T Tottenham, and I think Bayern Munich didn't want to lose the chance of hiring Thomas Tuchel. And that would make mm. the domino effect now. Tottenham, do they get Julian Nagelsmann now? Oh nope. my days, nope. the possibilities. Nope. You, f no. you feel like that's impossible? I, I, feel, I feel like uh, Todd Bowley is thinking to himself, no. hey, if, if, if they can just shotgun fire a 35-year-old manager, uh, maybe I'll just fire Potter and I'll go out and get Nagelsmann. Mm. I mean... Okay, the whole disciplinary stuff, and and I, and I'm not I'm not here to jump on Nagelsmann's side. What I am here to say, like this is a this is definitely like a shotgun firing. It doesn't really make too much sense. He's eight for eight in Champions League football this year. Eight wins out of eight games. They've conceded twice in Champions League football this year. And yes, they have not been that consistent uh, in what could be their umpteenth billionth whatever it is. Bundesliga title in a row. I, I, I'm just confused as to how, from a disciplinary perspective, that they would have expected anything less from a guy that is 35, that took his first managerial role at 28 or 27, oh. and you threw money at this, this gentleman, right? Expecting him to what? Be a 55-year-old, a 60-year-old, a 65-year-old? I'm not excusing the guy for going on a ski vacation. I'm not excusing the guy for having a relationship with a build reporter, right? I'm not excusing a guy for um, maybe th not threatening, but definitely firing out of spite a goalkeeping coach in order to get back to uh, Manuel Neuer. But for you to think that Julian Nagelsmann was ever going to be the finished product as a, you know, manager slash person, that's naive. And True. it cost you $60 million plus, <laughs> 60 million euros plus. So, uh, but, uh, but ever since that Villarreal lost in the Champions League, I think the Bayern mm. directors weren't too happy. And they always had the doubts in the Champions League. I do agree with yeah. you. Julian Nagelsmann yeah. at the age of 35 is the best young manager in the world. Okay, we'll still unbelievable. Ruben Emery, uh, Dominic Tedesco. You got an unbelievable yeah. list of names under 40. But like now... 
Will we see Nagelsmann going to Real Madrid, so Breton? Julian mm, Nagelsmann to Real Madrid. Chelsea! Why Chelsea? I'm, I'm going to keep Chelsea? saying it. I, I honestly think there, that happens, there will be a conversation. Uh, you're the first yeah. one I see online saying that. That would be so bold. So bold. Well, but oh, but here's, here's, here's where it's so different, right? Okay, first off, how fortunate. And, and Thomas Tuchel has even come out and he said, my goodness, like this is just great fortune for me. Mm. I was just dumbstruck when I found out that they wanted me first and foremost, that they wanted to get rid of Nogglesman. I mean, even Joshua Kimmich was, you know, uh, whatchamacallit, he was sideswiped by this news, right? Leon Goretzka was sideswiped by this news. Um, But Thomas Tuchel, once again, okay, I believe it was late January he was hired as Chelsea boss Mm -hmm. before he made the run to what? Champions Champions League final. (laughs) And, and, And now you've got him two months later, end of March, um, a lot of the hard work has been done, except obviously, yeah. Uh, okay, big matches ahead with Borussia Dortmund over the weekend. And then you've got, yes, 10 days after that, you've got Manchester City. Um, but when it comes down to it, here it is again. Thomas Tuchel could come in and he could wind up being a Champions League champion <laughs> after uh, all the hard stuff, or not really all the hard stuff, but a good amount of the hard stuff was done previous it, to this. Like when Thomas Suchel went to Chelsea, that was like three months, he won a Champions yeah. League. If, Crazy. if Red Bayern, he beats Man City, and then Chelsea, it's unrealistic, I know, but if Chelsea beats Real Madrid, we will see a redemption arc from Thomas Suchel against against this former team at Chelsea that sacked him this season. That would be unbelievable, the scenes to watch that. Todd Boyle against Thomas Tuchel. (laughs) But but they do realize, I mean, they do realize that they're hiring a guy that has previously, everywhere he's gone, Mm. had issues with leadership, has had issues Uh, with front office. I mean, in in a different perspective, I think maybe... Maybe what's going to come up about, come out about Julian Nagelsmann is that yes, it, it is about the extracurricular activities that he was doing, mm. um, and and less about the footballing side of things. And they just you know like people tend to do when you get terminated uh, for work. It's like you know well you just you're just your head's not in the game. Mm. You know this guy's been working from a footballing perspective. Nagelsmann has been working with Chupo Moting, who's who's done absolute wonders for this team scoring goals. Um, he's been working without Sadio Mane for the majority of the season. Um, and uh, on, on top of that, like I, I think Musiala, there's a lot of Fonzie. Yeah. Musiala's got 27 goal involvements. And, and like I said before at 35, Julian Nagelsmann is, is not even a finished painting. He's not even close. He's not even a he's not even a couple brush strokes. This guy, <laughs> he he has an ego, just like I'm sure at 35, Jose Mourinho had an ego, right? Still does, right? It, 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 it comes with people, and there's going to be an ebb and a flow. And the, to, I I get why do you pay 27 million to buy him out of his uh, RB Leipzig contract to not go through that journey with him, True. you know? It's that's that's what I don't really understand. It's not like you're paying 27 million to get Carlo Ancelotti, who should be more the finished product. It, <laughs> it 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 really does bother me in that sense. Unless of course it comes out that he did something absolutely terrible, but I I don't think we're going to see that. I really don't think we're going to see that. So I don't know if it's bold moves by you know 
the the Byron board, but uh, it, it certainly is something. And I guess we're going to find out sooner rather than later. Um, and if Tuchel's on the, I I, I get it. I guess you Let's just see. you had your guy and yeah. Let's see, people. Put down below in the comment section your thoughts about Thomas Tuchel becoming the new Bayern boss, boss and Nagelsmann. Where will Nagelsmann go? I see Chelsea being a conviction of Brentson, so that's I'll be dying to see what you guys have to say down below in the comment section. And mentioning <laughs> Chelsea, <laughs> what a result for the new era. For at Belgium, yeah. the new era of Dominic Tedesco. That oh my days, what did he do with Romelu Lukaku? Hat trick mm. against Sweden. Okay, his first goal since October 2021. Lukaku yeah. needed it, and I'll be honest, I don't see strikers at Chelsea that are having better matches than Lukaku had with Sweden. <laughs> so we might see next season. João Felix being bought, Lukaku, Mudrik, Enzo Fernandez, Rhys James, Benoit Badiashile, Wesley Fofana. Yeah. Great list of names, but I expect to see Lukaku having a chance at Chelsea next season. I really do. So let's see. <laughs> chance. I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, abs yeah, I am absolutely here for that. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I hope it happens because we've all seen Lukaku at his best. Um, but I am going to say right now, that Lukaku, it is going to take probably a whole lot, many more games like this, many more hat tricks, if you will, uh, for any Belgian fans to get that bad taste in their mouth, well, um, out of their mouth uh, after that World's Cup showing. Um, but hey, it's a hell of a start. And, and Tedesco, I mean, um, there's a lot of good things to like about Tedesco. Um, I'm really intrigued to see what they can do, but I think I'm most intrigued to see that he had no problem right away mm -hmm. putting Johan, 19-year-old Johan Bakayoko Facts. on the pitch. And right away, not surprisingly, Bakayoko uh, assisted, I believe, uh, the completion of Lukaku's heat, tra uh, heat track, hat his trick. hat trick um, <laughs> in the game. And uh, all of this overshadowed Zlatan Ibrahimovic becoming the uh, <sighs> oldest player ever uh, to feature in a Euro qualifier late in that game. So I had, I had higher hopes. Things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had higher hopes for, for this Sweden game. I mean, mm. Belgium went into Sweden and, and really took it to them. True. Um, so anyone, anyone that thinking is thinking that the, uh, the golden era is over for good. I think they've got a little more to say left. Um, and it actually helps that because the world cup was in the winter, um, that, you know, it's not too far away. Uh, this, uh, this Euro, uh, 2024 Euros in Belgium. Uh, I'm sorry, in uh, in Germany. Uh, so I think that might be the the final, you know, curtain call for Lukaku, for De Bruyne, for, I mean, they could play longer. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how this Euro qualifying goes for them. But man, I don't think that, you know, Belgian supporters out there couldn't have asked for a better start to go into Solna and kick the crap out of what I thought was going to be a relatively uh, strong Sweden team. And what, the thing that I love with Dominic Tedesco is Dominic Tedesco didn't get Hazard. The, Dominic Tedesco didn't yeah. call up Hazard. And he calls up, like you said, Johan Bakayoko, Debast. Mm -hmm. You see a name like Romeo Lavi, 19-year-old. And even oh, yeah. Andre Onana, Faiz, and Trossard, all involved with the first team. He trusts who's yeah, playing top level right now and that's what i like about dominic tedesco and it's gonna be the last dance of uh mm. lukaku 
De Bruyne, Carrasco yeah. with Dominic Tedesco. And let's see, Hazard. Come on, have a comeback in your career. If he's involved <laughs> with this team, it would be unbelievable. But Tedesco won't call him up if he's not good enough. And that's what you want yeah. to see. That's what you want to see. So big respect on I, that. And on, on that slots uh, note. Oh, that was so funny. I, I I will always respect what Aiden Hazard done has done at the peak um, when he was at his peak. But you're better off calling up his brother um, yeah. than you are him at this moment in time. So, um, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what Tedesco can do here because um, it was always going to come down to who replaced Roberto Martinez um, at Belgium and uh, whether or not they could actually figure a way to weave the the really good parts of the leftovers of Belgium with the really good um, new guys. And Amadou Onana, if, if you haven't been convinced already, uh, which I know you have, but if our listeners have not been convinced already, uh, Amadou Onana is going to have a massive, massive part um, in whatever Belgium does in this future. Uh, he's, he's such a great, great... Um, player right now but I, I think he's not even scraped the surface of the player that he can be that's, that's, uh he could be so much more dominant in that midfield that's a good mention and since we're mentioning belgium with everything that we're saying a team mm -hmm. that i want to say the best international squad in the world right now is a team led by a captain 24 year old mbappe that destroyed mm -hmm. The Netherlands, okay? Mbappe, I gotta say, he's the leader and the future of France. Two goals and one assist against the Netherlands. And he will be the all-time goal scorer of France in the near future. Giroud has 53 goals, yeah. and I really see Mbappe uh, breaking that record. He has 38 goals right now. I want to say that. And Griezmann, yeah. Griezmann, might, Griezmann yeah. deserved to be the captain of France because Griezmann has 75 consecutive matches played for France. That's an elite mm -hmm. stat. This man has given all to the French national team and one of the most underrated players in the international level. Complete different player playing for France than he is at club level. Unbelievable yeah. what Didier Deschamps has done with Griezmann. So I wouldn't it, want to talk about frauds. <laughs> yeah, and I feel I feel I feel like Antoine Griezmann um, might have gone uh, rebellious teen on us uh, after he found out that Kylian Mbappe at 24 years old was going to become the champion or the champion, the captain. Um, <laughs> because man, that pink hair, that hot pink hair, is incredibly, incredibly uh, <laughs> distracting. I must say, bold. There you go. Uh, but listen, yeah, I'm I'm 100 in the camp that if they had announced Griezmann as captain, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think Mbappe would have stormed off the pitch at Clairefontaine. <laughs> I don't think he would have said, "My goodness, uh, I will," you know, I'm giving back my key to Paris and I'm blah blah, and I'm leaving this. He he would never do that. Okay, mm -hmm. I think Mbappe's already come out. Um, if I can translate French correctly, I think he's already come out and said Griezmann absolutely d deserves to be captain. Um, I could have seen Griezmann being captain for two years, right? A year mm -hmm. or two or through the Euros and then announcing Mbappe because Griezmann's not, you know, 24, mm -hmm. uh, but he's also not 40. Um, and 32? yeah, the amount of, <laughs> yeah. And the amount of different roles that he has played, right. Mm -hmm. um, and that change in role and how good he was uh, for France in that, in this last world cup, it's just so, so damn impressive. Yeah. Um, but and but here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Kylian Mbappe does everything. Uh, he leads by example. And True. at 24 years old, 
Um, like Olivier Giroud hadn't even scored for France yet, right? <laughs> At 24 years old, Zidane only had five goals. Thierry Henry only had like 10 11. or 11 goals. 11. Okay, and yeah. Platini Michel too. Platini. Yeah, Michel Platini, 11. Uh, so I think you and I saw that same stat. And it just, it, it's, it's so bonkers um at at what Mbappe is doing in that he's rewriting the history uh of a <laughs> of a program that over the last 20 years has already had a rewriting of a history mm-hmm. you know they've they've had some of the since 1998 they have some of the best sustained consistent success um of any national team on this planet and it's it's so amazing to see um and mm-hmm. it is kind of poetic that Kylian Mbappe did pass who on the list, um, on his way up there, yeah, Benzema. <laughs> and Benzema. it's because of Clairefontaine uh, that uh, France yeah. have sustained this consistency and success. You're right. I completely mm-hmm. agree. And Kylian Mbappe at 24, yes, he surpassed Platini, Henry, Henry, Benzema goals at 24. And he even yeah. has more goal contributions at 24 than Zidane had in his entire career for the French national team. So the, the records that Mbappe is going to break at the end of his career is going to be insane. And we're going to be here to watch it. Well, yeah. that's, that's what it's so but, exciting. Oh, but before we move on from Les Bleus, there's a couple mm-hmm. other things I got to say here. Yes. One, Ronald Koeman. Ouch. Mm. That is not the way <laughs> you want to start. Uh, everybody was high after the World's Cup on the Dutch, okay? They thought they could have done better, Mm -hmm. but they saw glimmers of hope, you know, Gokpo and De Jong and all this, all that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, this game was over within the first, what, 20 minutes, all right? Um, It also ended a ridiculous run of form for the Oranja. uh, And uh, under Louis van Gaal, previous to this, I think it was over 20 games that they were unbeaten. Um, So that was kind of a bummer to see that because I thought that was going to be a much tighter affair um, than what Kylian Mbappe uh, had allowed for. Um, but the only other thing I have to say about France and their continuity and, and why it's so insane is under the years of Hugo Lloris and Fa- Fabian Barthez and, and some of the other ones I can't think of, all the goalkeepers that have played for France previous to this, I am really, really high and excited about the era of Mike Magnon Facts. in goal for Les Bleus. Okay, I honestly believe that he has this beautiful like um, combination of proper leadership, proper respect uh, in the locker room. And I think he's just getting started. He's only like 26, 27 years old, if that. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's there's these videos that have been coming out of him basically lecturing, you know, the the locker room on positioning, on, you know, how to how to get out and attack quickly on um, where they are on the pitch, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what you want to see. And it's only been echoed in, in, you know, oh, repeatable fashion by every one of his AC Milan teammates. Okay. Uh, Teo Hernandez has sung his praises. Uh, Olivier Giroud has sung his praises. Um, Benacer has sung his praises. Um, so everywhere Mignon has gone, um, I really do believe that France's success is not just going to hinge upon Mbappe is not just going to hinge upon uh, how long Griezmann can last. I think Mike Mignon has, is going to have a massive, massive role to play um, in how good Le Bleu can be in the next decade. Facts. So we'll see. Facts. And an Issa Milan legend in the making and a French national team legend in the making with Mike yeah. Magnan. World-class keeper, you can say right now. 
and mm. a fantastic replacement for Ugolio Riz that was a captain too. He was a, a captain for, too for Lebleu. So Mbappe is going to have a partner in crime with Mike Magnan. Great, great reference. And just ending yeah. with Griezmann. Griezmann at 32. If you see his heat map for Lebleu, He's everywhere. He's given that free yeah. will with Didier Deschamps, and that's why he performs at such a high level. I'm sure we're going to see yeah. Griezmann until the European 20, the Euros 20 in 2024. So exciting so. times, and I'm sure. Are we're we? gonna, sorry, sorry. Yes. Yeah. I mean, are we sure that the hair does not throw those heat maps off? Are we sure <laughs> that that doesn't? You know, no. I'm just kidding. He's he is everywhere, and I hope. I hope that he has another big role to play because uh, he is some Griezmann is something else uh, for for Le Bleu. He That's, is something else for Le Bleu. It's facts. It's facts. And I got to say, this Euro 2024 qualifying games are so, mm. so excited. It hasn't been disappointing, in my opinion. And seeing even mm -hmm. Ronaldo scoring two goals against Liechtenstein, that free kick golazo here in the Stadio d'Alvalade. Speed, come on. Next Portugal game against Bosnia. If you're in that stadium, <laughs> we will be at that stadium, FC Wonder Kid. And speed, I'll translate you the right things to know in Portuguese. I see a lot of people talking about that. That was exciting too. But I was yeah. excited to see three center backs with Roberto Martinez, mm. Gonzalo playing at the left center back, left-footed player, and Diogo Light will be handed an opportunity to in the future. So seeing... Yeah. This new tactics for Portugal, I'm excited. And that Ronaldo, João Félix mm -hmm. duo, that was very interesting to see too. So Portugal with Roberto Martinez, the amounts of attacking options we have. João Félix, Rafael Leão, Cristiano Ronaldo, Gossal Ramos, Diogo Jota, Bernard Silva. We have a ton of options. So we have to yeah. go bold in the Euros 2024. Keep going. Bora lá, Roberto. So yeah, I wanted uh, to say that. Uh, did, did it? Did it? Um, I'm trying to think uh, of a way to weave this in there. Mm -hmm. Did it make you feel anything when you saw Fernando Santos for Poland drop their first Euro qualifier? <laughs> Three-one result. Oh, quite disappointing. Uh, True, I wasn't expecting uh, a three-one result. I wasn't. No, expecting man. That's and, and and there is a guy there is a guy in that game if if people aren't kind of catching up to this 22 year old striker for the Czech Republic um it kind of reminds me of Patrick Schick uh when he was younger uh but he's kind of a beanpole not quite Peter Crouchy because he's only like 6'3 uh but Tomas Svankara uh had his debut for them and uh scored uh I think he scored the second goal in like the first three minutes of the game um against uh, against Poland, against Fernando Santos. But um, I think there were a lot of people out there, a lot of Portuguese fans that were probably out there just loving this maybe humbling that Fernando Santos is getting potentially. I don't know. How do you feel? Do you I, feel good about it or do you want to see him do well with Poland? I was quite surprised. Uh, for that such, like, he's a very defensive manager. And seeing that that result happened, I wasn't expecting that, being honest, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> but keeping with yeah. Portugal, right. Cristian Ronaldo has scored for yes. Portugal in 20 consecutive years. Those stats are absolutely unbelievable. And 197 international goals, Cristian Ronaldo. An absolute leader for Portugal. No Penaldo comments. There wasn't only penalties that got Ronaldo this legacy. And he's got 11 goals in 2023. Ronaldo. 
So I'm really happy to see Ronaldo succeeding this season. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's great. It's great to see. But for those in the camp of, um, you know, this is Gonzalo Ramos's team now, mm. right? I mean, this is, this is, uh, I mean, are we actually bringing this back up to where Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be your starting striker uh, in Euro 2024, uh... right? Or is it actually Gonzalo Ramos and João Felix's team um, or attack to run um or is cristiano ronaldo back right for mm -hmm. good i mean very clearly he's back i mean there's no doubt he's going to score against Liechtenstein. um <laughs> luxembourg luxembourg is not quite the pushover that they used to be right they have some guys that are pretty good these days mm -hmm. but when it comes down to it like i fully expect him to score against them too but if he scores a bunch of goals early on in qualifying it it, it, it might be a good problem to have but aren't we back at square one uh, right I, with I, this I think passing of the torch one because i think okay. Christian ronaldo is a healthy rivalry with all the attacking options in the portuguese national team i honestly Fair think enough. he expects some games to be on the bench now with roberto martinez and surely gonzalo ramos rafael leon duke jota all these players will be handed opportunities in the future that they deserve mm. but i think joan felix will always be involved mm. Pelinha will always be involved, and Bruno Fernandes. I think these will be key players with Roberto Martinez and Ruben Dias at centre-back. The leader. I see Ruben Dias having a bit of the role like Vincent Kompany had with Belgium, with Martinez mm. in the past. And that's the thing. The youth of Portugal. We have so much talent coming up. Diogo Costa, uh, Ruben Dias, Nuno Mendes, Antonio Silva, Vitinha, Rafael Leão. All Joe Felix, all under 23, and all players that are literally with world-class potential. That's that's the mm. level where we have under 25 with Ruben Dias. So I'm really excited right. of the times that are coming. And I told you enough. The under 19s mm. of Portugal are absolutely stacked. Dario Esugo, Shermiti, mm. André Gomes, Gabriel Braz, Matheus Fernandes. Hugo Félix, the brother of João Félix, two goals against Czech Republic. Carlos Borges, mm. Diego Moreira, uh, I see, and the, Martin, Martin Fernandes and Gonçalo Esteves. The, the list of names is unbelievable, and a lot of these names will be in the first team soon. I am going to say that. Yeah. One or two players that yeah. I named here are going to be first team. So, yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't even know, like, when, when is that U19 Euros? Is that end of this year or is that next year? I think I think so. I think it's end of the season, yeah. But uh, or okay. end of the year. I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that, Bretson. But whatever yeah. it is, we're gonna win it. We're gonna win it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have a better All team right. than what we had when we won it in the past with Trincão, mm. Jota. This Portugal under nineteen team, trust me, Bretson. A ton of quality okay. is gonna come from there. Oh, if what is doing even on that. I, I mean, I think I think the I think England's U19s, France's U19, it's going it's going to be a fun one. A U19 Euros is always actually a really good one. Um because at that point, U17 Euros, you have always the the worry that there's a bunch of guys that either get injuries or whatnot, but the U19 guys are just starting to get kind of um they're starting to break out on a club level, right? So you you get those guys that can really ramp it up um and and ride that momentum um into you know the senior team and stuff like that kind of like a guy we're going to talk about for denmark um mm, in a yes. little bit are you are you done with portugal or can i talk about him because <laughs> i've been talking about him for like a year um and and while uh he has made well let me ask first are you done with portugal what, 
what what is the game in June? Bosnia. What is the game in June? Because Bosnia. Bosnia. Okay. hundred percent. Right. We're gonna be. I'm. I'm gonna attend the game of Portugal against Bosnia in June, and I'm gonna say it. Speed. Yeah. We will be there. Okay. Bold predictions. <laughs> I have some questions I want to do to him and speak in Portuguese. Mm. I want to teach Portuguese to this man. Portuguese. Eu sou português, meu. Qual português, meu? You can't say that. But mentioning, yes, uh, you said Denmark. All five goals of Denmark came from this man, Rasmus Winter Hoshland, okay? A hat-trick included. Finland, Kazakhstan had no chance against this 20-year-old striker. That, oh. again, Holland-esque. Holland-esque. <laughs> Ra Ras Rasmus Winter Holland, I guess you could say. Yes. No, listen, uh, only... It's only eight months, I believe, since he started coming onto the scene for Sturm Graz, I believe is who it was, uh, in the Austrian Bundesliga, starting to score goals. He had the chance, Holland had the chance to jump over to the Premier League. He could have been at Southampton. Yep. I think Brighton was even looking at him for a little while. Of course. <laughs> um, there were bigger names that were kind of flirting with him. But then he went to Atalanta, which was exactly the right place to do it. You know, attacking team. Um, and, and one where, where he was going to get his chances and my goodness, he's been so good, but five goals, two starts. Um, and I, I'm pretty certain here that he needs to be added to the list of young strikers, um, that could be jumping and, uh, jumping into a premier league, uh, squad some point very, very soon, because I if do. I'm not mistaken, he is a self-professed Manchester United fan. But we'll see. <laughs> Another one. We'll see. And Evan Ferguson, too. Evan Ferguson, mm. that in his first start for Ireland, had one goal, okay? Irish star boy. For me, the best Irish talents I've ever seen. I'm so excited about Evan Ferguson. The movement, the technique, the finishing, yeah. and the potential at 18. He has three goals scored in 294 minutes in the FA Cup, Evan Ferguson. I don't see talents like this coming out of the Premier League too often, and especially Irish. Evan Ferguson. Yeah. Brighton Isn't it? with Evan yeah. Ferguson. Caicedo. They signed Mitoma for five million all my days. The decision making. They're the team of the season. Napoli went yeah. bold. Yes, they signed amazing players. But the management of Brighton consistently has been outstanding. Outstanding. They yeah. even let go of Trossard. For 15 yeah. million to Arsenal, and we are praising them for all these decisions. They're so bold. And the Zerbi well, third place Potter. What a decision. Exactly. Exactly. And and the fact that the Zerbi was able to come in and not have to make major changes or major tactical shifts or whatever, it shows you how strong the foundation is True. at Brighton, how strong and how cohesive of a unit that you know the administration of Brighton. Um, is at this moment in time and i'll be honest it's been a coup for brighton alone uh to be able to hold on to moises caicedo to be able to hold on to McAllister, and if True. they can do it again with evan ferguson and actually somehow find their way into european competition this this by the end of the season i mean who knows they might they might stick around they might stick around for a little while i don't know if they'll be a west ham united uh and you know go from being 
uh, Europe, Europa uh-huh. Conference League to relegation fodder, <laughs> but it doesn't feel that way. It, it feels like they make the right decisions, and and Deserbi was the right decision because they knew that everybody else was moving in lockstep. But uh, I am just as high on Evan Ferguson as you are at this moment, but I am higher uh, on Rasmus uh, Vinter Holland. And, and if you're going to say, you know, from the perspective of, uh, I, I think they would still need to buy Manchester United or whoever else would be looking at him. Uh, but Manchester United, if they were to be going for a striker like Holland or Ferguson, I think they're still going to need to go for a Harry Kane as well. Right. Or OC men. Right. I think Um, so. 30 million. Spend it. Yeah. Spend it. Yeah. If you got it, I guess spend it. But my goodness, (laughs) I am more high. I think the cap on Holland um, is is so dang high. He is so um, I think it's so tough to gauge. Yeah, it's so tough to gauge his speed. He has this like poacher. He he looks like Holland a lot in terms of his poaching abilities, in terms of his positioning uh, abilities. Um, but yeah, I mean Holland. Obviously, you add in the size and you add in the freakish speed and the strength and the the stuff that he can do. Yeah, Holland is not Holland. Um, but <laughs> I, I I really do think um, that that this guy has to be high on the list of anybody looking for a top young striker this True. season because um, he's just getting started. Atalanta's yeah. got fourteen games this season, seven goals. He's even involved in said yeah, we'll have more than ten great. goals. Instead, yeah, but, Asmus Winter Holland. So the price tag will be up. <laughs> but I, be up. I, I, I know that from an FC Wonder Kid perspective, this kind of knocks down the narrative. I have to bring up the fact that Kazakhstan mm. wound up winning that game. Come back. Come wound back. Up, they came back. A remontada, three goals in the final 15 minutes or so um, to somehow beat Kasper Schmeichel and uh, get them three points. Um, which uh, I don't think Denmark or anybody was necessarily expecting that. So good on them, and they probably deserve at least a, you know a little line in our in our FC Wonder Kid podcast here, uh, right next to the fact that Holland had them pinned against the wall for for at least seventy five minutes, um, but then they got it done. And I so, want to say yeah. too, we mentioned Kane and all this with the Man United. So mm. Kane became the all time leading Englishman. Uh, Kane became, ah, Kane became the all-time leading goal scorer of England. Okay, so naturally so. We all expect the move since Tottenham hasn't won any trophies with Harry Kane. And he has these yeah. type of records won. Unbelievable. Yeah. I sh- I'm, I'm expecting more and more and more Harry Kane may be leaving the Premier League. I don't know if Daniel Levy will what? accept. That's yeah, true. I've been, I've been thinking a lot about this. And... I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel Levy would say no to every Premier League team that would go for Harry Kane. And we've seen mm. in the past, who has signed a ton of Tottenham players from in the Daniel Levy era? Real Madrid. Modric mm. went to Real Madrid. Gareth Bale went to Real Madrid. I wouldn't be surprised if Harry Kane went to, to Real Madrid, especially when Benzema only has six months contract left. Vinicius Jr. and Harry Kane played together. That would be so mm. unexpected. And imagine well, if Nagelsmann was coaching this team. Even e- more unexpected. Exactly. <laughs> and if not, if Nagelsmann was 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 all in on the Harry Kane uh, to Bayern <laughs> thought process previously, maybe you're right. Maybe he goes to Real Madrid um, and whatnot. But I, I, I do have to ask you a question. Mm. Like, if Harry Kane could give 
either one of these all-time leading scorer, just amazing historic things that he has done, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all-time leading goal scorer in Tottenham history, all-time leading goal scorer in England history, passing Wayne Rooney. Um, you think he'd give up either one of those for a trophy right now? I mean, for, even a Carabao Cup? For a World Cup for England, 100%. <laughs> well, definitely for a World Cup for England. Um, I, I was just talking. I was just talking about any silverware, a little well, Carabao Cup League action against Liverpool. Yeah, maybe that was uh, that would have been yeah. pretty historic. Tottenham and winning their that, first that trophy, the Champions League <laughs> against Liverpool, even after that Lucas Moura amazing remontada oh against Ajax. So that was a special uh, competition with Pochettino. But I wanted yeah. to ask you, Breton, with there's three yes. big coaches in the market. And I wanted to play mm-hmm. just the game of where do you think they would suit best these three coaches? Okay. It might be a difficult one, but Marcelo Gallardo, first one. Where do you think he should go? Oh, I think Serie A oh would be unbelievable. Serie A would be unbelievable. I just don't know where. Uh, you know, I don't know if a Juventus or any, I don't Inter, think that any of these guys. I think Inter, Inter will need a manager. I, I don't like Izagi yeah. ball being on. Uh, another another place I'd often thought about Gallardo winding up would be uh, as the heir apparent. Um, at Atletico, yes, uh, for Simeone. So mm-hmm. I, that's kind of still the first place I think when I think okay. where should Gallardo go. It would it would shift the playing style pretty dramatically. Um, but it, it would be really really interesting. Uh, Pochettino, where do you think he mm. will go? Mauricio Pochettino, <laughs> like that, that's back, a difficult one. Back, it, it is. He'll go back to Spurs. <laughs> I, I mean, think every Spurs fan must want Nagelsmann now, 100%. Yeah, they, they definitely do, but I just don't see Nagelsmann going to Spurs. Eesh. I know I know. There's, the, there's this narrative that he's like a fan of Spurs or something like that, and maybe he is, maybe I'm wrong, um, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Imagine. And as a 35-year-old, he certainly has time, um, time to wait. Uh, if he wants to, um, so we'll we'll see. So who's the third? Who's the third? I'm it's ready for Zidane. this. This is good. Where does uh, Don go? <laughs> I mean, he isn't he the just waiting for the team? He wanted it, but exactly. the job has extended. So where will yeah. Zidane go? Will it be the black check uh, of Chelsea? Yeah, no. See, I don't see him getting back into the club game yet. It just uh, uh, has he has he said anything that has said that like I I want to get back in. I think it's just um, being just being hot in the seat, you know, just being involved in the game. If you're too, yeah. if you're outside way too much, like I, I don't yeah. think it's good too for Zidane. But people, tell us know. down below your options for these three managers: Gallardo, Pochettino, Zidane. Where do you think they should coach? Because I'm would yeah. I'm really excited to see what you guys have to say about these ones. But I want yeah. to mention this, uh, Breton, because. No, that was a Spain-Norway, yep. and no Erling Haaland was in the game. <sighs> and Alejandro Balde, oh, mm-hmm. crucial player for Barcelona and for Spain. He had an assist, a key assist in El Clasico, match winner assist. And now with Norway, we see him having another assist. Alejandro Balde yep. is a Golden Star. Boy nomination for a reason. And one of the best yep. young left backs in the, wor- in the world, 100%. So that's my first uh, shot, Balde. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think it's even more impressive to think about where Balde has come from. Um, uh, La Masia. You know, only, oh, yeah, La Masia, and only 12 months ago or so, he was fighting injuries left and right. He was trying to make his mark, but always stopping and starting, always stopping and starting. And uh, it's pretty amazing that, that the consistency has come. 
Uh, the breakout uh, has come, and he has not just turned into you know a first choice left back for Barcelona. Um, it's pretty clear he has taken over um, as the left back for the Spanish national team, um, and they 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 didn't just they didn't give Norway a sniff. You know, I mean that they they, tr- they trounced a Hollandis Hollandless um, Norway, sure. and I I think that that's anyone. This is what I'm worried about. Um, as goes Holland, as goes Norway. Well, you know, it's, it's okay true. if you've got it's Odegaard. True. It's okay if you got whatever. But if you can't win these games, and I mean, womp, womp, womp. I don't know what you're expecting, Norway, <laughs> if you're going to get back to your first major tournament uh, in over two decades. And Rodri um, was on top of Odegaard the majority of the game. I got to say that. And yes. there was a hard tackle done by Rodri to Odegaard. I was like, woo, that could be an injury. But Arsenal fans, rest assured, everything's fine. Odegaard's still good. <laughs> and the biggest surprise for España had no Pedri. Yeah. They had Gavies and Jocelyn that scored a brace in four minutes, okay? And he turns yep. 33. Jocelyn might be the new striker of the Luis de la Fuente new era, okay? So let's Good wait thing. and see what happens. But that was so uh, unexpected to see Jocelyn doing what he did. Unbelievable. It wasn't. That was his That was his debut, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, or did you already say that? I mean, that, no, was, his, that no, was his debut, was, and, 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 and that put the game, put the game to rest. Um, and I, I'm more... I was impressed with Spain, mm-hmm. but I am more worried for Norway than I was impressed with Spain. Mm. And um, Norway is not out of the woods yet, okay? Because they now have to go to Georgia, uh, to actually to Batumi, which is uh, Dinamo Batumi is where Kavicha Kavartskilia was kind of <laughs> honing his skills, right? While he was waiting to figure out his next move, which mm-hmm. wound up being the wonderful move to Napoli. Napoli. Um, so uh, Georgia is not a pushover. Kavaratskilia was certainly rested um, in their first game, and now it's going to be really, really interesting to see if Norway can get out of there uh, with points. And I'm going to say it right now. Mm. I've got my my worries about whether or not Norway can do it. And if Holland is going to have to be pulling out of these these international camps for little niggling injuries here and there, um, it's not going to be good for Norway. It's, it's it's definitely not. And I'm in Spain, too. I got to say, the Spanish squad is not better. Mm. I'm going to say this. The Portuguese national team, 100%. It's not Portuguese bias. We're much better than Spain <laughs> right now. I really feel mm. it. Yes, there's Gavi. The Pedri's injured. Okay, Balde, great talent. But our team is much better right now than Spain. And that's why Portugal are European uh, the Euros contenders. We are contenders to win okay. the Euros, in my opinion. Just like France, that mm. is favorite. A hundred percent. France has to be favorite. Well, your contenders, your contenders to win Euro twenty twenty four because Morocco is not part of it. Ah, great, 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 <laughs> bridge. Because yes, Morocco in, in Morocco this season has beaten Brazil, yeah. Spain. Portugal and Belgium. This is a special Morocco team. And the midfield of Morocco against Brazil had an average age of 22. Onahi, Amrabat, and Bilal El Canous. Okay, 18 year old mm-hmm. talent that you must watch. So, Morocco, absolutely plays beautiful football, and they deserve everything that's coming for them. They do, and my goodness, uh, Brazil went from, I think they had registered their first loss in the World Cup to an African squad when they lost to Vincent Abubakar's 92nd minute winner 
um, in camp with Cameroon, and now they've lost again. Now, I get it. It's a friendly, mm-hmm. but there were seven guys from that squad that were on the pitch. Casemiro scored, right? Sure. He was there. Vinicius Jr. was there. Rodrigo was, okay. And it was in Tangiers. It was in Morocco. Great. But the fact that Morocco, I mean, looking at them, um, I'm excited for AFCON with Morocco. I'm excited sure. for everything uh, with Morocco right now because these guys are just getting started. That coach, that young coach, whose name for some reason, thank you, uh, who's for some reason, yeah, my name, uh, I was losing the names. We name drop a lot of people on this. Um, and and my goodness, there just seems to be a cohesive unit of a, just a bunch of guys that are ready to uh, prove mm-hmm. Morocco's effectiveness on the international stage. Um, unlike, you know, something like Nigeria, who I don't know if you saw, uh, but with all the firepower, um, everybody that they can call up. I mean, we can name off the top of our head five, six, seven Nigerian strikers that are just phenomenal and in form right now. Mm-hmm. They they ended up losing. They ended up losing. I'm trying to remember who that – they lost to Guinea-Bissau, okay, with Osimen on the pitch, with Adamola Lukman on the pitch, uh, with Ihianacho on the pitch. And uh, I was looking at it, and I was saying, you know, Fernando Santos with Poland, they lost their first game. Okay, that's 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 a Portuguese manager. Well, it, it's a Portuguese manager. What, what's going on with these Portuguese managers, man? <laughs> Portuguese manager for Nigeria as well. Do you what? know this guy? Because I don't know him what's that well. Name? It's Ho- Jose Pizarro. Pizarro, yeah. Pizarro? He was a sportsing coach back okay. in the day too. Pizarro, he's not yeah. a bad coach, but oh my days. Okay. That's, but he's not, lo- he's not seen as a great they- coach, being honest. Okay, but they've lost four of six since he's taken over. Hey, Nigeria gonna get sacked. Nigeria is going to get sacked. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I feel yeah. it. I'm not surprised, but, though. Not surprised. And even yeah. Vitor Pereira with Flamengo is not looking the best. And I want to come back mm. to Brazil just a second. Because yes. Brazil, yes, when they lose to Morocco, they absolutely need Carlo Ancelotti to be the manager of this Brazil national team. I really mean it. Casemiro's the captain of the team. Vinicius, Eder Militão, Casemiro captain, everyone of the Real legacies involved. Rodrigo Góes, Hendrik in the future. Everyone would like to see Ancelotti, and Ancelotti would be fixing a lot of the problems that they have, in my opinion. And keeping what the Vinicius talk is, Vinicius Jr. refused to get the seven jersey of Real Madrid. This is a big sign mm. that he trusts himself and the number 20, creating his own legacy. I got to respect that. Or he might be expecting Mbappé inevitably leading up and getting that seven jersey for Real Madrid too. That could be the case yeah. too. So wanted to say <laughs> that. I wanted to say that. And well, ah, Brazil, they played Vitor Roque. Yeah. That was one of the youngest players mm-hmm. to play for Brazil in Brazil's history. And Andre Santos started a player yeah. that Chelsea yeah. signed before all this hype in Copa Sudamericana and he seems to be a player to watch for Chelsea in the near future on loan back to Vasco da Gama so 15 million he cost yeah. Chelsea yeah except when he first played for Vasco da Gama they were in the second division in Brazil True. and now they're in the first division so in the Brazilian route so that's good to see mm-hmm. um but listen while Brazil was losing to Morocco and starting and I'm not worried about Brazil. I don't think anyone... It's a friendly. It doesn't necessarily matter. That was more impressive what Morocco did. But while they were doing that, their bitter rivals, the World Cup champions, mm. Argentina, let's be honest. I mean, as a football... If you're even remotely... Even if you're not a neutral footballing fan, 
or mm-hmm. like I sort of like to be or try to be. I don't know how you couldn't have gotten emotional at watching that homecoming, watching those Argentinian fans uh, welcome them back, uh, watching them play a game again, even if the Panamanians uh, were going right after Leo Messi's ankles uh, the majority of the game. Um, my goodness, though, to see that uh, at the uh, Monumental, to see that uh, just how much it meant to Argentina, how much it meant to Messi, seeing them tear up, um, it, it was it was pretty awesome to see. Um, and, and, and one, we'll, we'll and see Messi, if they can build something off of this, but yeah. True. And Messi scored his 800th career goal. Okay. What a golazo that it was for Argentina yeah. and a legend. I'm dying to see what's yeah. Messi's next decision in his career. It's going to be a big money move yeah. or will he go back to Barca? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> who, who scored the other goal though? Tiago Almada. Remember I, yeah, yeah remember who I talked about last night? Yeah, it was <laughs> off of a messy ricochet. Um, but yeah, no, Tiago Almada, um, his star continues to rise. He's got four um, games, and that, four that'll goals, be fun to watch. Assists, Tiago Almada. Yeah, plus a goal, he's, he's, plus a goal oof. for Argentina. How much will he leave Atlanta United, Brenton? I, you know, I said fifty. I might have to backtrack on that, but I'm, I'm gonna stick firm with it. I'm gonna stick firm million. with it because there. There are so many things coming online, this League's Cup. There's a lot of things that are going to send our valuations higher here. Um, But I'll I'll tell you this. When Almada was away on international duty, okay, it still is, uh, Atlanta United played. They played um, over the weekend on Saturday night. Uh, Atlanta United lost 6-1. to Without Tiago Almada, so I think they're they're trying to get him the fastest plane uh, back to Atlanta <laughs> because they need to right the ship. Uh, who knew Almada was like all they had? But anyway, um, I thought that was interesting. And hey, some qualifying happened on our end again. We had U.S. Men's National Team. Yes, uh, they played for the first time competitively since the World Cup. My goodness, it was great to see Christian Pulisic. It was great to see Gio Reyna starting in the center of the pitch. Um, literally in midfield, which was really interesting to see. It was great to see Ricardo Pepe back. And a lot of these guys, as we continue this 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 new age, this mm-hmm. young team that's going to continue to be built upon. But mm-hmm. but the 7-1 win over Granada, which was expected, was obviously a little bit outweighed by something else that is definitely coming to fruition, in my opinion. Okay, and I, this is my opinion, but I think it's just a matter of time before Falaren Balogun actually announces himself as uh, doing the one-time switch, and he will be uh, our new American striker, our new American number nine. Um, he was seen by some U.S. men's national team Twitter sleuthers. Uh, he was seen posting pictures um, in Orlando, Florida, which is where they were based. It's where they're going to play El Salvador um, early, uh, later this week. And uh, Balagun was definitely there to have some conversations mm-hmm. and to make himself feel good about what could potentially be a either that or I don't know. He's trying to get Gareth Southgate to call him up or something. That's never going to work. Uh, so I I, so. I think Balagun is going to be along with Ricardo Pepe, along with Josh Sargent, along along with Daryl DK. Um, he is going to be part of that striker core leading up to the 2026 World Cup. And if it doesn't come until June. His decision, fine, it doesn't come until June. But Balogun will be a U.S. men's national team player, I'm <laughs> going to say. Love it. And if Balogun joins the U.S. men's national team, the talent of the U.S. men's national team would have Balogun, Giorena, uh, what's the names, uh, Musa, uh, yeah. Cerzino Des, McKenney, McKenney, Adam, Gagaslonina, yeah. oh, Kevin Paridge, 
There's... You guys would be absolutely yeah. stacked. B better. The best yeah. U.S. men's national team ever in 2026. Uh, definitely the best uh, player pool we've ever had. Okay. Um, top to bottom. Now, whether or not that could do something, we'll, we'll <laughs> we still got to, we still have to get a manager. And I don't think Julian Nagelsmann as a, you know, is, oh, is coming over to manage no. us. And you guys are going to uh, play no, Copa it, America too for a U.S. Yeah. men's national team. So that will be very interesting to see how do you match up against the South American teams. I think that will be a very good, True. very good practice, not practice, but a tournament leading mm. up to the World Cup too. I like to say that. Yeah. And, Two pieces of news sure. I want to say in the podcast. I think Arsenal, since they didn't get Moises Caicedo, I think it's very understandable for them to lean on Romeo Lavier of Southampton and can get relegated. Mm -hmm. And Romeo Lavier is one of the best midfield under 20 talents in the world. And that would be a great signing yes. by Arsenal and Mikel Arteta. And the other piece of news is... Engolo Kante is mm -hmm. coming back, baby. And Engolo Kante yeah. is needed against Real Madrid. So Enzo Fernandez mm -hmm. and Kante might be starting, okay, together uh, to, to stop this Real Madrid team yeah. that loves Champions League. And let's not forget the Kante bold runner form that did uh, was key for uh, Chelsea to win the Champions League with Thomas Tuchel too. So wanted to yeah. see that. I wanted to see it. Yeah, well, what is that? That's his first action in seven months or something? Fucked. Pretty pretty Fucked. amazing. So um, we all want to see N'Golo Kante. We at least need to see his smile on a regular basis <laughs> um, again. Um, and uh, one other thing that we didn't mention about Morocco, uh, mm. Brazil, that this is this is something I had to... How in the heck has, has nobody picked up Sofia Namrabat? <laughs> How? I, I, this this is this has bothered me since the last whistle uh, of that World Cup final. I don't understand how Sofia Namor. I, I get it. Maybe Fiorentina has has jumped in the way of multiple moves made for him. I, I do remember hearing that Manchester United Arsenal. went for like a loan loan to buy deal, and maybe Arsenal too. But my goodness, people like pay the premium. I mean, if they're paying ten million, Marseille's paying ten million for Unahi, one of the World Cup stars. I mean, Amrabat can't exactly break the bank. Give him the extra million or two or five million or whatever it is. Get Amrabat in the door. This kid's a twenty-six-year-old machine. It's not True. a kid, but he was phenomenal once again uh, versus Brazil. Um, and and I honestly believe that that he's kind of wasted at Fiorentina. Nothing against Fiorentina fans, but. And that that's what's special about this Moroccan team. Uh, playing together, Morocco is one of the best teams in the world. Individually, common names for many. But as a group, one of the best in the world. Onahi, Amrabat, Bono, Naif Aguert, Akim Ziyech. Such a star. Yeah. And it's great to see all these names put together. And Bilal El Kalous with 18 years old. It's a special time coming, for, coming forward. And... Akimi captain. Akimi captain. One of the best fullbacks in the world, too. So there's a lot of things that this Moroccan team has that are very, very special. And I wanted to they leave are. the podcast on my end saying, please, mm -hmm. people, FC Wonder Kid, we are saying for you guys to be aware of Luka Vuskovic, okay? Center back that plays for Ayuk Splits. He's born in 2007. Distribution. Playing ability. Reads the game in such a special manner, people. Please remember yeah. this name, Luka Vuskovic. Okay, I wanted to see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, and and anyone that follows HSV um, Hamburg, 
we'll know his brother, who has been frozen out, I think, of that team that's chasing promotion right now. But Luka Vuskovic will be, in my opinion, and his brother is still not that old, but he will be five times the player uh, that his brother Mario Vuskovic um, is currently. Um, but uh, it's a wonderful shout-out. And if we're going to shout-out some kind of real young ones, uh, in your U-17 Euro qualifying, oh, uh, there's two two slam dunks, right? Two guys that, that pretty much everybody knows um, if you've been watching Dortmund's U set up and if you've been watching, obviously, Arsenal's U set up. Yes. Uh, but Paris, Paris Bruner is Dortmund's future. Um, he has two goals, two assists in two games so far in U-17 qualifying. Listen, he's not putting up the same numbers that Mukoko was mm-hmm. back in the day, but he is every bit um you know what they expect to become a star at Dortmund and I wouldn't be surprised if he actually makes his debut by the end of this year um and then we all know Ethan Waneri um not only does he kill it uh in Arsenal's youth squad not only is he etched in stone at this moment in time as the youngest player ever to feature in a Premier League game um but Ethan Waneri uh had four goals for uh the England's England's U17s um, to I think one assist as well in two games, and it's very clear, as if it wasn't already, that he's well beyond the <laughs> U17 level. Um, I'm pretty certain he would not look out a place with the U19s, but those are the two obvious ones. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a less obvious one that everyone needs to watch. Everybody knows I have a, a, an affinity for the Danish Superliga, uh, the 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 Danes um, uh, in the general, France, and and some of these young guys. But yeah, no, Oscar Oscar Schwartau. Uh, who plays for Bronby. If you don't know his name, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm not going to go into a scouting report here, but he has been very, very good for the, the for Denmark's U-17s, and he's already made um, his debut for Bronby um, in the Superliga. I think you're going to see him make a move next, whether it's Ajax or somebody um, that next rung up. Uh, he's going to be, Schwartau is going to be somebody you've got to be watching. So as much as we love these Euro qualifiers, I love poking through. The U17 and U19 and U21 rosters, because um, that's that's where the next guys come, obviously, you and know, and that's that where we got our name from. It's true, it's <laughs> true, and great shouts. And Norway has Erling Haaland, Norway has Martin Odegaard, <laughs> but in the under 19 <laughs> setup, there's two players I'm very fond, and it's Andreas Schleudrup that went to Benfica, <laughs> baller to <laughs> watch, and Antonio Nusa. Yep. That at 17, he did score in that under-19 game that Norway, I think, beat France 2-1. Great result. But, yeah, that was Uh, quite shocking. I'm going to say it right now. I feel like Noosa probably could have actually helped out the senior team. Um, (laughs) You know, if Norway was feeling feeling bold because he has provided an injection of energy previously for Club Bruges. Scored in the Champions League. Yeah. But I, I don't know why, you know, come on, you cowards, play these young guys, play these young guys. Odegaard's the oldest of the young. Bring bring those guys up there, especially if Holland's going to be injured all the time. Hopefully that doesn't become a thing. That's a good show. That's a good show. And people, if you're I listening until now, do not forget to like this video, episode 98. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. And again, leave the topics that you want to see or games. You want to see Start Bench sell back in the podcast. I would love to do them with Breton. Okay, knowing like Faraskilia, Sakavinitsush, Start Bench sell with these three names. Like bold predictions like like these. So people, thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening to episode 98 until now. And thank you for going bold, community. Oh,